0: Morning church, great to see everyone, lots of good stuff going on. Exciting times! Do get involved. If you don't get the emails, do go to the new here area, fill in the contact form, and then you can try that stuff out—the emails and texts. That would be great. Uh, my name's Matt. If you're new here, really pleased you're here. Great for us to have this time together. Uh, what I'd like you to do—we're going to do something a little bit different today—but we'll start here. Is I want you to turn to the people around you and tell them just one or two things that you feel thankful for this morning. One or two things that you just feel thankful for this morning, okay? So over to you, go for it. What do you feel thankful for this morning? Okay, good, good energy in the room. That's what we like to see, we're gonna need that today. Hopefully there's always a reason to be thankful. There's always a reason to be thankful, but this morning we're going to explore an amazing reason to be thankful. And that is that because of Jesus Christ, everyone in this room, you have a divine authority and power available to you that makes the impossible possible in your life. That you have a divine authority and power available to you, because of Jesus that makes the impossible possible in your life. And so this morning we're going to be thinking about that authority and power. And what I'm praying is as we maybe really come to accept that and start to apply it in our lives, that the Holy Spirit will release a step change this week in our comfort if we're going through tough times, our courage to keep going, and our confidence that we can do things that we never thought possible. Is anyone with me this morning? Oh, is anyone with me this morning? Great. Okay, come on now, come on now. So, um, and I said we're gonna do something a little bit different. But before we do that, I want to tell you about the first time I was stopped for speeding. Yeah, you see. Now you're listening. The first time, young people do not listen. Okay, just don't judge me. Don't judge me. I've only been stopped for speeding twice, and uh, both were a long, long time ago, and and I wasn't driving crazy. I was just doing like a 45 in a 40. I wasn't being reckless or anything like that, but I accept it was breaking the law. I know, I know some of you guys... I know you're judging me, but quite right too. Um, but I accept I was breaking the law. There's no excuse. And as I was reminded on one of the speed awareness courses that I've attended, <laughs> that the, the speed limit is exactly that. You should write this down. This is good. I learned this from the speed. It's a limit, not a target. It's good, that, not it? It's a limit, not a target. Anyway, don't judge me. It was a long time ago. I was about 19 and I'm coming into Hitchin on London Road and, uh, and you have to slow down and it goes into a 40 and then a 30 and so I'm slowing down and I, I'm, I'm in the 40 zone but I am doing about 45 and up ahead of me, I see this policeman waving at me. Now, if this policeman had been wearing civilian clothes, then I probably would have smiled and waved back and just kept driving but because he was wearing a police uniform, I immediately recognized that he carried the authority of the whole of the police force. And once he had no physical power to stop my car and, and, and pull me over, I recognized that the authority that he did carry meant that he did have power and therefore I pulled in. I recognized who he was And because I recognised who he was, I recognised the power he had to do certain things. Everyone hearing me today? That his authority gave him power. And that authority was bound up in his identity and that power then gave him significant influence. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now I know some of you are wanting to know what happened. He was very nice. He was a grace and merciful man. He let me off with a warning. All was right with the universe. And, I, and I, I use my um, cruise control a lot to, to keep things in check now. What, what is it about this authority and power that I'm speaking about? How do we grow in it? Now, as I said, we're going to do things a bit differently today. How many of you uh, have attended at any time a church at home? Just put your hands up. Just wave your hands. Okay, great. Loads of people. If you've not yet been at a church at home, this morning we're going to do church gathered a little bit like a church at home. Uh, So we're going to interact a little bit more. Uh, The first question that when we gather at church at home a lot of the time is that first question. What are you thankful for? It can create a moment where we can go into worship and we can go into praise. There's a second question that we ask, which is, how did you get on with what you said you were going to do last time? And then there's a third question where we start to look at a story in the Bible, which is what we're going to do now. And then we're going to get together and we're going to reflect on it. Now, can I just say, I'm really aware that there are some people, whenever we have these gathered moments, wherever you are, and the person at the front, like I've already done, says to you, turn to the person next to you and have a chat. I know some of you just die inside and think, like, I did not come to church to speak to people. I just came, to, I, just, I just prefer to be by myself. And I get that, I respect that. And so, if you don't want to talk to the person next to you, honestly, it's fine. If you close your eyes, fold your arms, and hum really loudly, then the people around you will know just leave me alone, just leave me alone. But now, all joking aside, if you just want to be in your own personal space, that's fine. But just reflect on these things. But if you've got a Bible, I want to ask you to turn to Luke's Gospel. This is in the New Testament: Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's going to appear on the screen as well, um, but it's going to be harder to read on the screen uh, because uh, because of the wobbly screen. So, if you've got a Bible, turn it on or, or get it out because we're going to read just a few verses from. This is Luke chapter nine, verse one and two. And then Luke chapter 10, verse 1. And then Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20. And you'll you'll see how all of these few verses are connected together. And I'm going to read it uh, a couple of times. Sometimes in a church at home, we would read the same passage from maybe different translations to get different perspectives. But here's here's the first uh, reading from the New Living, this is. And it says, One day Jesus called together his... 12 disciples and gave them, here's those words, power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So hold that thought. Now then, sometime later, we don't know how long this was. Was it a few weeks or a few months? We get to the beginning of Luke chapter 10. Now the Lord chose 72 other disciples, and he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Then fast forward to verses 17 to 20, and we find out what happened as a result of those 72 going out. And it says this, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Rejoice for that reason. So that's the New Living Translation version. Again, if you're not familiar with the Bible, um, over the years, like different people, they look at the original text of the Bible, and because our English language is changing all the time, they, they, they kind of look at it and translate it differently. The meaning, as you'll see, is, is just the same, but sometimes use some different English words. So this is a different version. This is the New Century version. We're going to read it again. And then you're going to turn to each other and you're going to try to tell each other the story. So listen carefully. going to try and recap it amongst yourselves. Summoning the 12, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. After this, the Lord chose 72 others and sent them out in pairs ahead of him into every town and place where he planned to go. When the 72 came back, they were very happy and said, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Listen, I've given you power to walk on snakes and scorpions, power that is greater than the enemy has, so nothing will hurt you. But you should not be happy because the spirits obey you, but because your names are written in heaven. Now, again, usually perhaps in a church at home, we might read it from another translation just to get this full picture of this story. But here's what I want you to do. You've got a couple of minutes. Turn to the people next to you or just be at a place of peace and reflect yourself and recap this story. Okay, so screen's going off. There you go. Can you tell the story? Over to you for a couple of minutes. Retell this story because the more we speak it out, the more it goes in. Okay, go for it. Recap the story. Great. Okay, back in the room, back in the room. It will be back to you in a moment. Now, the reason that we do this, the reason that we're reading the Bible a few times, and the reason that we're then kind of closing it and trying to remind the self the story, is the goal of the Bible is not for us to get into the Bible. The goal is to get the Bible into us that actually these stories, the more we speak something out, the more it goes in. And so it's a really good thing just to have that pause moment to just think, okay, like what did we just read? Just to remind ourselves of it. So, um, so great that you've done that. So now uh, we're going put to put it back up, which will be great. Thanks, sir. And um, I'm going to give you now just two or three minutes, either looking at the screen or looking at your Bible, two or three minutes, and again, this will be, you know, we're a big group, so there's going to be silence for two or three minutes. And, and I'm going to ask, Holy Spirit, would you draw something to your attention? So as you look at this passage on the screen, we're just asking God to show you something in this story. Maybe something about God, something as you look at this story, it tells you something about what God is like, who's revealed in Jesus. We believe that Jesus is God. If you're, if you're not sure about this Jesus is God stuff, then just go with us and imagine that what if Jesus was God, what does this story tell us about what God is like? Or maybe you're going to see something about what this story tells us about people. Or maybe it's going to stir something in you. So again, just for the next two or three minutes... We're just going to, you can either in your Bibles, on the screen, on your phone, just just look at it, or if it's easy for you, if you feel like you know the story, you're going to close your eyes, and we're just going to cheer it over, because we want to create space always, when we come to the Scripture, for God to draw something to our attention. It's good practice, even in our personal devotions to this. And you might think, oh, what I'm thinking is just me, but maybe it's just, maybe, maybe it's God. Maybe you've... You've read this story many times. You think, oh, I've never seen that before. So again, bear with me. Let's just, let's do that and I'll I'll do the same. So just for three minutes, uh, look at it on your Bibles. And then we're just asking God, show us something that strikes me in these verses. Okay, should we come back together? Hopefully lots of different thoughts, lots of different perspectives. It's amazing what people see and how God can speak and draw different things from the same passage. It's why the Bible is so rich. Now, uh, usually in a church home at this point, there might be a little video, a little teaching bit, uh, which I'm going to do now. And that's not because now I'm going to give the right answer. I'm going to give a perspective on this passage to add to the things that you've been chewing about. And uh, and so let's just do that for the next um, forty-five hours or so. <laughs> just checking you're listening. So Luke chapter nine verse one and two, we are told that Jesus gives his disciples power and authority to cast out demons, to heal diseases and sicknesses, and to tell everyone. About the kingdom of God. They are essentially given power and authority for proclamation and demonstration, to proclaim the good news, to use words, and to demonstrate the good news of Jesus as well. But what, what are these words, power and authority? Because the New Testament is originally written in the language of Greek. And when you understand the words that Jesus uses for power and authority, then we start to realize how amazing this is and why this is good news for us. So we're going to do a little Greek lesson today. Is everyone looking forward to that? Yes. Excellent. Okay, so authority. Everyone say exousia. Or exousia, depending on your uh, accent or pronunciation. So this word authority means exousia, is the Greek word exousia, uh, exousia, and and it's it's like the authority that I was talking about as for the policeman that you you carry this because of who you are. This word authority literally means who you are. You carry this authority because of who you are, just like with the policeman. And who you are, we are reminded, fundamentally, as followers of Jesus, are beloved children of God. And our authority comes from the fact that we are beloved children of God. Now, why is that the case? Ephesians 1 verse 5 this won't be on the screen Paul says this incredible thing as he writes to the church in Ephesus he says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ and this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure it gave him great pleasure And so Paul uses the language here of Roman adoption in the first century to help us understand what happens to our identity when we say yes to Jesus. He uses this language. And the the readers of this would understand they know how Roman adoption works. They know what this means. They know that if a Roman father, and in this patriarchal first century times, it was the father who instigated it. If a Roman father wanted to adopt a child, then everyone knew that three incredible things would happen for that child. And these are the three things. Firstly, they would be renamed and rerouted. They would be renamed and rooted. They would, from now on, carry the name of the adopted family. And their whole identity, from that point on, would be rooted in that family. That is who they are. And so when we say yes to becoming part of God's family, we now carry the name of Jesus. We carry his name, and our whole identity is now rooted in being in the family of God, where God is our perfect, loving, everlasting Father. Jesus is our ever-present elder brother, and the Holy Spirit is our everyday companion and comforter and counselor and advisor and enabler. And so to the answer to the question for all of us, everyone on the planet is asking this question, who am I? And if you decide to follow Jesus and invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you're accepting God's invitation to be adopted. And that means that you have been renamed and rerooted. You are now a fully fledged member in the family of God. You are a beloved child of God. You are a beloved child of God. Nudge someone and say to them, you are a beloved child of God. I, l- I love that, I love that. Yeah, you, you are a beloved. Like You don't have to speak it like you're ashamed. Yeah, you, know. you are a beloved. So rerouted and renamed. And as a result of that, number two, that means you have rights and privileges. You have rights and privileges. As an adopted member of a Roman family everything that was available to the blood family became available to you you were not a second class citizen in a roman family you everything all the resources of the family all of the privileges it was as if you were a blood member there is nothing held back including all of the family inheritance it was all yours no second class citizens And the wonder for us is that because we are children of God, we too can enjoy the rights and privileges of being a child of God. Everything, listen to me friends, everything that is available to Jesus is available to you. Everything, because there are no second-class citizens in the family of God. Even the promised inheritance of resurrection life. Our elder brother Jesus had resurrection life. He broke through death. If you are a member of the family of God, you have authority as that family member to have that same inheritance. Life beyond death forever. That is the right and privilege that you have. Nothing held back. The father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He doesn't have two kinds of love. I remember once, you remember when Alex Buchanan came to preach for the very first time, he's, 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 uh, he's with the Lord now, this amazing prophet teacher, and I remember him doing this thing once where he said to us, he did that line, the Father loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. He said, he said, saints, brothers and sisters, you need to understand that the Father looks at Jesus and goes, Jesus, my son, I love you, you're everything to me, my heart burns from you. And with that same expression, he turns to Hugh and he says, and Hugh, you're my son and I love you is ex. Doesn't change He doesn't have two kinds of love You are loved as much as Jesus is loved And everything available to Jesus Is available to you You have rights and privileges But because you're renamed and rerouted And you have rights and privileges You also thirdly as a member of this Roman family And as as the kingdom of God You have responsibilities and powers And so the Roman adoptee You were not only a member of that family But now you were a member of the Roman Empire Your citizenship was rooted in that and you were expected to embrace and model the Roman way of life. And so when we become adopted into God's family as his beloved, we are now citizens of the kingdom of God. With with these rights and privileges, God has made it possible for us to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. We have authority to do so, to live in the way of Jesus. This word authority that we see in the scripture speaks about your identity. You are a beloved child of God with the same rights and privileges that Jesus enjoyed and the same responsibilities and powers that Jesus employed. You have the same rights and privileges that Jesus enjoyed And you have the same responsibilities and powers that Jesus employed, which is why he's calling his disciples up. Join in with what I'm doing because everything available to me is available to you to have this power. What does this word power mean? It's the Greek word dunamis. Everyone say dunamis. Dunamis. What does it sound like? Dunamis. Dynamite. Dynamite. That's right. It's where we literally get our word dynamite from. This word power literally means explosive power. Might, strength, ability, power to do the impossible. So I want to speak to some people in this room right now as we just pause on this. You might feel it is impossible for you to endure stuff that you're going through. It might feel impossible with all the struggles of life to keep on keeping on and rise above it. You might feel it's impossible that Jesus could transform your life and set you free and bring healing. You might think it's impossible that you could pray and see things actually change in your life or in the life of others. You might think it's po- impossible to walk with someone in their journey to Christ like Dave Bowden challenged just about a few weeks ago. You might think it's impossible for you to be a disciple-making disciple, a church planter, a movement sparker. You might think all of that is impossible, and in the humanness of ourselves, it is impossible. But because of the authority you carry as a beloved child of God, there is power for you to do the impossible. Not your own power, not your own strength, but in Him. And we see that in Jesus because of the authority of Jesus had as a, as a beloved child of God. He carried this power and this power was for the miraculous. Yes, casting out demons, seeing people uh, come into faith, raising the dead, turning water into wine, all of those things. But also for the mundane challenges of life. Jesus was disappointed. Power to keep going on through disappointment. Jesus' father, earthly father, died when he was young. Power to keep going in the midst of grief. Jesus had this moment, his own dark night of the soul, where he knew he was going to be crucified. Power to push through anxiety and fear. Power and authority, not just for the big supernatural stuff, but the everyday stuff to help us keep on going. Everything that was available for Jesus, even in the toughest of times, is available for you and I. And in Luke 9 and 10, the disciples, they dare to believe that what Jesus said was true. And so they ended up doing things that they never believed they could do. They dared to believe it. They dared to believe it. They come back, all oh, heaven breaks loose, even the powers of evil and darkness. Like well, we, we accepted your authority and we saw your power at work in our lives. And what is true for them, friends, is true for us because of this exusia authority that God has given you as a child of God. There is a dunamis power of God available to you. Power to see healing and miracles and salvation. Power for freedom and transformation. Power for comfort and strength and peace, direction. Power to love people who are hard to love. To forgive people who are hard to forgive. There's power for proclamation and demonstration. There is power for people in this room to be disciples of Jesus who make disciples. There's power available for people in this room to plant little church at homes and zo communities and see them Reproduce. There's power for all this stuff. But as I, as I start to draw this in and give you a chance to reflect one last time, I know reality check, reality check. Because I know what loads of you are thinking because I'm thinking the same. There's no one in this room, I'm not being pessimistic, I'm just being honest, who is operating in the fullness of that power and authority. None of us are. Jesus did operate in the fullness of that power and authority because there were no blockages that got in the way of the flow of that. And there are blockages for all of us, aren't there? Sometimes it's just skepticism. We just, we just hard, find it hard to believe it's true. It's just too good to be true. It's very hard to receive something you don't believe. Sometimes it's sin. We're living in a way that we know is not what God wants. But it's like we're saying, God, I want to do things my way. And God will always give you what you want. So if you want to do it your way, then do it with your power and authority. Can't expect God's power and authority to do it your way if your way is not his way. He'll leave you to it. Sometimes it's just the struggles of life. Life is hard and we're weary and we just don't experience it. And we feel like God is distant. Like We've all had those experiences. And sometimes, friends, it's just because we're playing it safe. That we don't put ourselves out in a place where we need that power and authority. We don't take risks. We don't stretch ourselves. Because if you play it safe, then you don't need God's divine power. Bill Johnson, he once said this, part of our problem is this, we're so accustomed only to do things for God that are not impossible. If God doesn't show up and help us, we can still succeed. What is God calling you to that can help you and I grow in this power and authority year on year? I want to see more of the power and authority of Jesus working in my life in a year's time more than today, don't you? Let me give you four quick things, soundbite things. I'm going to be really quick on this. How how, how do we put this? How do we grow in this authority and power level? Number one, believe it. We need to believe it. We need to tell our souls that this is true, that when Jesus says you're a beloved child of God and therefore all authority and power is available to you, we need to believe it. Secondly, we need to pray it. It's probably the first step in believing it. We need to speak it. We need to pray it over ourselves I don't understand everything how prayer works, but I do know this, the more times I spend in prayer and the longer I pray, the more connected to that source of power I feel and the more I see that power and authority at work in me. And it's not like God saying, well, if you pray an hour, then I'll do you a negotiation. It's not that it's just like in the same way that if i plug my phone in it's going to get a more of a charge and the longer the charge the longer the time in the in the plug the longer the charge the more the power it's the same with god i i don't understand it all but i know as i grow it in a daily habit of being with god in worship and prayer and scripture something is happening in opening up more of that power and authority to me there's a praying it there's a confessing it. If there's stuff that we're doing that we know is getting in the way of that power, authority, it's like we're building walls rather than enabling walkways of the Spirit. Maybe we just need to confess, God, I'm doing some stuff that I know is, is hindering your power and authority in my life. And finally, we need to exercise it. We need to put ourselves in the place of risk we need to see what God would do like when jesus says to his disciples i've given you all the authority of beloved children of god and with that authority comes this incredible power that could do things that you can't do those disciples the 12 and the 72 they could have all said uh ah, just go for a kfc like now that just sounds too hard like what if we fail what if it goes wrong what if people don't listen what if people kill us but they did it. They put themselves out there and they saw amazing things. Maybe we need to exercise it. Okay. As the worship team come back, a couple of minutes back to you. What do you think God might be saying to you in this? What might be something you need to do off the back of this conversation we're having about the power and authority you have from God. so I just, I'm gonna ask you if you feel able to close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. And I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if this is your prayer, at the end of it, I want, I want to ask you to say amen with your voice, not on your head, with your voice. If this is your prayer, So here's the prayer. Father God, I thank you that you love me and it gave you great joy to adopt me into your family. I say yes. Thank you that I am a beloved child of God and you love me as much as you love Jesus. Lord, help me to understand, not intellectually, in my heart the authority I have as a child of God and the power that's released through that authority. Authority to sleep in storms. Authority to calm storms. Lord, I, I ask right now that you fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill me Fill me afresh. Release more of your power and authority into my life that I will overcome. That I will keep on keeping on. That I will keep my eyes fixed on you. Release your power and authority in my life over all situations, and help me to be bold and brave, to see your power at work. Amen. 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 Amen, amen.
1: So just as we're finishing with this worship song, um, I feel God gave a word for maybe one person, or more than one person this morning, and this is how God really honours, because it massively links into exactly everything Matt has preached this morning. And this is that God showed me a picture of how he looks at every single one of us. And it might sound contradictory to the God that we know, the God that sees all in every moment, in every person, in every place, in every land, in the whole of creation. But he has a tunnel that he has fixed on every single person. Every single beloved child that he has chosen, that has chosen him, he has a tunnel vision that he is focused on. And he wants people to know this morning that his tunnel is firmly focused on you, that he sees you, that he knows you, that he loves you. In a time where you may feel that you're not noticed, that you've been forgotten that you feel far away from God, that he is looking directly through that tunnel right at you, and he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, and he wants you to know that. But he wants that tunnel to be two ways. So he, he, know, he wants to show you so much love and appreciation, but he wants that back. So he wants that relationship to be stronger, and I think that's his challenge for us today. But if that resonates with anybody, then obviously please come up and have some prayer.
0: Thanks, Caroline. That's good, isn't it? God has a tunnel vision for you, but he invites us to have a tunnel vision back to him. But I want to encourage you because we're going to speak the truth of God over ourselves. We're going to speak it. So again, I just want to encourage you, if you're just close your eyes and pray this with me. I'm going to pray a bit. You pray a bit. And we're just inviting Holy Spirit to take this prayer and make it burn like fire in our hearts. Father God, Thank you, that you love me. Thank you that you love me, Jesus. That you died for me, Jesus that, you died. Jesus. that you rose from me, Jesus. That you rose. I am a beloved child of God. I, a of God. I am a beloved, God. I a beloved child of God, and all power. And all authority is available to me from you, Lord. I believe it. I receive it. Help me to risk it. Change and transform my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender to you for my good for the good of those I know and for your glory. glory. Amen. 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 Amen.